You're listening to the Movement is Medicine show, a podcast hosted by Head to Toe Spine and Sport Therapy, a modern chiropractic and manual therapy practice in Edmonds, Washington. Now, let's get into the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome. What's up, What's Barry? Up, Barry? We so are good back. To be here. The podcast is live again in, in clinic. We are back. It's happening. Live in the studio. That's right. And today Feels we have great. a super cool show. Today we're talking about running. Yeah. Because it's the thing everybody's doing right now. Yep. Everybody's running. Yep. Yeah. A lot I more mean, people running nowadays. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think we've seen just a huge uptick in running injuries here in the clinic, which is not surprising as everyone's running. In my neighborhood, I'm seeing people just running everywhere. And I can tell from my experienced eye that they're brand new runners. You know, so we see a lot of people out there just getting getting started, which I love. Um, but I think there's a few simple things that we can help educate people on to help slow down the incidence of running injuries. Yeah, because there's a variety. We think of some of the obvious ones like, oh, my ankle or my foot or my knee. But for a lot of people, it also shows up as low back pain can, and even mid-upper back pain too. There's a lot of stuff that can happen when you start running with intensity and frequency when you're not used to it. Definitely. Yeah. No, 100%. Yeah, very true. Um, I... I live out in Woodenville, and I live next to the uh, Sammamish River Trail. Um, and though I haven't been um, taking up as much running on that trail, I've been biking, not running. Um, while I'm biking, I do see a lot of people um, on the trail, and it's very highly trafficked. Um, and on top of all the people that are on the trail, there's also a lot of dogwood. So, like, like things just, like, floating in the air. So you see a lot of people making quick changes of direction, trying to get around kids, bikers trying to get around runners. Um, and so there's a lot there's a lot going on. Um, that being said, I have personally seen a few people, like, almost, you know, sprain an ankle or, like, run into somebody. Um, that being said, with the quick change of direction and actually being on pavement, there's a lot more compression that you can, um, you know, put on your spine. And, like, you touched on earlier, Barry, that, um, it can reveal a lot of low back pain. Um, it can reveal a lot of upper back pain. Um, so the, for those of us who are starting to get back out running now that we've been in quarantine for so long, if you haven't been running for a month, two months, three months, probably need to think about, first of all, where we're going to run and how much we're going to run. Um, if you haven't been out running at all, you should probably start on a treadmill. You got a little bit less compression there. Um, a little bit more bounce in the step. Um, it's a little bit easier for you to kind of um, check on your incline and your speed at the same time. Yeah, you control so many factors when you're exactly. on the treadmill. I do almost all my yeah. running on a treadmill. and I, I, We were lucky enough just to get this junky treadmill uh, that half of it doesn't work, but the main the, the belt turns and you can control speed and incline. But like mm -hmm. all the rest of the display doesn't work. I got it for like 50 bucks from this family, like on, like on OfferUp. And I have been loving that thing. I'm running more now than I've ever ran before. I'm running three to five times a week. This last month, my wife, Mary, she did 100 miles over the course of the month. She set a challenge for herself, which was incredible. She had 100 miles in a month, and now she's going for the 300-miler over three months is her next challenge, But uh, which that is not – I'm that's like, whoa, you're crazy. <laughs> uh, I keep my run short, but I do notice that when I'm running on the treadmill inside you know, versus running outside on the pavement – Huge difference. Running outside is really hard. It's hard on my body, too. Yeah. It's just a lot more impact when you're running outside. And I think that's the thing for a lot of people to kind of take into account. Like, 
like Dr. Ashley was saying, either if you're coming from not running very much or you're transitioning in from running on a treadmill to running outside, as soon as you switch over to a different type of a surface, right? Like Dr. Ashley was saying, treadmills have a little bit of bounce to it, a little bit of a softer stride as you're going through that. As soon as you switch to like a sidewalk pavement or anything like that, that's a lot more impact as you're like running through that gait cycle. And then also that's when we can kind of get those pains that'll transmit up into the low back, the upper back and stuff like that. And those kind of things can happen if we haven't prepped our body correctly for that type of running, especially on pavement. Um, and we haven't, you know, stabilized the core or anything like that. We're not activating certain muscles. We don't, maybe we're not rotating as much as we should throughout the thoracic spine with some muscle activation through there as well. And all those things can kind of compile into a little bit of pain in the low back, upper back, like you were saying, Barry, you know, down into like the ankles, knees, everything like that. So especially if you are starting running right now, or you're transitioning from treadmill to like outdoor running or anything like that, you really do want to take some time to focus on your body, focus on certain muscle groups that'll really help prep you for that and try to help these pains not come up. Yeah. I mean, I think I always, so every time I get in the treadmill, I think about my team here and I think, these guys probably want me to do some kind of pre, pre-movement warm-up. <laughs> I get off the treadmill. I think about you guys. I think they probably want me to do some kind of cool-down. I should probably be doing some kind of stretching. And instead, I just jump into a cold. And when I'm done, I just immediately wrap up and take a shower. And then I complain later because my back hurts or my ankle hurts or my knee hurts. <laughs> and I channel you. But then I have it translated into action because in the moment, I'm sometimes like, well, what should I do? to either warm up or cool down. So I just do like two stupid stretches, like the same two all the time that yeah. aren't that effective. Well, right? two is better than none, Barry. It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think I personally love to run outside and I'm not a great runner, but I think the important thing to think about then too is what your training program looks like because people like to plunge in and do too much. Like I used to run do six miles and I'm just going to hop right in and do that again. So, you know, interval training. So I usually tell my patients when they're starting, to really look at like a mile where they're going to do a minute on, couple minutes off, um, and just time that cycle. Uh, and then extending that, extending the running to two, three split as they get a little bit stronger than getting up to two miles. But really being very, very gradual with your approach to, to breaking in running again. Because a lot of people don't have access to a treadmill. And I think it's important, too, to think about where you're going to run a little bit and just kind of pick your course. I mean, everyone knows their neighborhoods pretty well. And if you can get off cement and get on trail, that's going to be much nicer for your spine. So it's so much less compressive. Um, The other thing I think people are running into right now is worn out footwear. Because the running's, you know, the running stores have been closed for what two months now, and a lot of us don't like to order our shoes online unless we're just ordering the same thing that we've always worn. So that's the other thing is, you know, have a little look at your shoes and see how beat up they are um, in regards to especially, you know, compression. But yeah, those are those are my big tips for starting. And then of course, for prehab, Barry, in addition to your little stretches, right, we have to think about the basics, which is hitting, getting that lacrosse ball into your foot. So really increasing that foot mobility, uh, working it really well, both sides, and then hitting your calves and your quads, your quads for um, that knee pain that you might be getting. That's going to really be key for you. Yeah. Yeah. I think that bringing up that shoe point's a good, a good point. I <clears throat> had been experiencing some intense calf pain uh, when I was running with some minimalist shoes, you know, barefoot kind of style. And this was intense. I mean, like I'd be running and it would be like a cramp stab, like getting stabbed in the calf with a knife and I'd have to like stop 
I'd like, oh, and almost shoot off and stop, and I have to walk, and and it was intense. And you guys were like, yeah, you get need to get rid of these shoes. Like, you need to get running shoes. And this was before the running shoes were shut down. And yeah, the shoes that I ended up getting were quite supportive. Like, they watch me run, they do all this stuff. And so, you know, living in this day and age of specialty shoes, there's like a 87 options mm-hmm. or eight. 870 <laughs> options. I mean, there's like a million there's shoe a lot. There's so there's many a shoe options. There's a lot. Yeah. Like, go on your Adidas app and look at the shoes, and there's like a specialty shoe for literally everything you can imagine. It's crazy. So having somebody can guide you who knows what and who can look at your gait and your run, it's really hard to pick the right shoe online. No, it is. You definitely want to make sure that you're going to like a shop like that, you know, like a super jock and Jill or something like that, right? Where they can watch you run, they can take a look at your feet and they can outfit you with a shoe that's actually going to be supportive for your foot so that you can go out and run and have less problems from that. Because a lot of people, yeah, like it hasn't happened as much recently, but you know, in the past, like people have tried to switch to a minimalist shoe or it still happens now, but, and they just jump right into it, right? And it's kind of exactly what we were talking about, what Dr. Annie was talking about with kind of easing yourself into how many miles you're doing in your run. It goes the same way if you're trying to switch to a minimalist shoe. You definitely want to ease your way into that. Yeah, and I don't know. You know, I think footwear is not an all or nothing approach. Like watching people over the years with different shoe trends. Like I believe in, like if you're doing some weight training and lifting and and, um, other kind of strength training, use your minimalist shoe there or for your daily life, getting your groceries, blah, blah, blah. So you keep your foot integrity, foot strength, um, all that proprioception that comes into the foot from, from not wearing a stiff supportive shoe. But you know, really for running, I think your your shoes should be a little stiffer through that heel cup, especially. So if you pick up your running shoe and, and try to bend it in half, if it folds right in half or it twists like really easily and it's flexible throughout the whole thing, that is not the shoe I would have you start running in. Yeah. So just a simple way, if it's super soft and squishy everywhere, like a Nike free or whatever, that's not your that's not your shoe. Yeah, and that that's actually brings point. up a really good point where I've had a couple of people that have gotten into running recently, a couple of patients that have been coming in and you know, they told me that they started to pick up running again and the sh- and I was like, "Oh, look, like what kind of shoes are you running in?" And they're running in Nike Freeze, right? Where it's just like, you know, that's kind of promoted a lot of times as like a running type shoe and they're comfortable, right? They're really comfortable cuz they're soft, they're squishy and everything like that and they're really lightweight. But like Dr. Andy was saying, that is not ideally the type of shoe that you want to be running in, especially if you're just getting into running. That is not the kind of support that you need because it doesn't provide support. So Yeah. And I think as your foot gets stronger, you know, I mean, a lot of the work we do here with runners is um, doing a lot of that foot integrity work and then doing a lot of that uh, core work where we're tying in um, the, the obliques and the transverse abdominis and we're tying in the lats to support that um, movement that you that you have running and that mid-back mobility as well. And once everything is tied together and you're strong functionally, then you can look at a lighter shoe. Mm-hmm. But certainly in the beginning... It's it's a it's a it's definitely going to be an injury. We've seen that so much over the last two months. Yep. People coming in and just a flopsy mopsy Skechers slip on whatever it may be, Nike free whatever that they're running in and wondering why their ankles and everything hurts. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, one of the things I think too that that is challenging, more challenging when you're running outside than when you're running inside on a tread, is maintaining that proper posture and form in that running form that kind of talking about, you know, with that kind of head up, you know, eyes forward, shoulders back and down, that nice twist, um, and that nice fluid motion. I find it's way easier to do that on the treadmill than when I'm outside, especially as I get fatigued. 
I start finding myself when I'm outside running, collapsing a little bit more, hunching forward a little bit more, head coming down a little bit more, um, and getting out of that posture, which then, you know, if you're out running for a couple miles, adds up on that, that soreness. And when you get, I mean, I got back from an outdoor run the other day and I like jumped onto the foam roller because my low back was killing me. Doesn't happen when I'm on the tread. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, that's that to me, that comes down to a situation where it's like, you know, like we're talking about, you know, using the lacrosse ball in certain areas to kind of get things loosened up before you run. But then really, like Dr. Andy touched on just a little bit ago, it comes down to muscle activation of certain muscles that are really going to help us as we're going through that running cycle, as we're going through that gait cycle. A couple of the huge ones that we always work on here with runners, because a lot of times with running, you'd think, oh, like lower body, right? Like, oh, release the calves, like kind of work on my glutes and everything like that. And that's great, right? You definitely want to make sure you have strong glutes so you can extend that hip as you're going through that gait cycle. But then it really comes down to a lot of upper body motion as well, like having the thoracic mobility to rotate through that thoracic spine as you're going through. And one of the big muscles that helps that rotation as you're running that not a lot of people think about is your lat kind of that big muscle up from under the armpit there. That muscle guides a lot of that rotation and getting that lat contraction even helps the other hip as you're coming forward to kind of contract that TFL down through the IT band to kind of get that hip to swing around as you're coming through there. Right? So it's not just about releasing muscles. Like we really do want to think about, okay, like building stability from the core, making sure the thoracic spine is mobile, strength through the lats and everything like that so you can really have a strong gait cycle, especially as the mileage starts to go up a little bit. And we have a resource coming for people who are running to help out, right? Yes, we do. That's exactly right. Yeah, we do have a running workshop coming up pretty soon. So if a lot of what I was saying with the whole lat activation and kind of that thoracic mobility and everything didn't make a whole lot of sense as we're going through this, we do have a workshop coming up that's going to go through a couple different exercises, kind of get you, get you guys prepped for running, different releases that we find really beneficial for that too, and really just a good program that you can use to kind of get yourself prepped and then also staying strong as you're running. Yeah, I'm excited for that program. It's short. Uh, it's really specific. So if you've ever been in a situation like I've been in, which is like, I'm not really sure what I know I should do something, but I'm not really sure what to do. Uh, this is something you can just have right on your phone. It's a, it's a video step-by-step exactly what to do. You can use a lacrosse ball, some simple stretches, and it is awesome. I mean, I've gone through it um, kind of preliminary now, uh, and I've loved it. So now it's answered that question for me around what should I be doing? pre-running or post-running. It's a really great resource. And that was a free resource. Uh, super great. And that will be something to keep your eyes out for coming soon. Yeah. Perfect. Good stuff. Absolutely. Or, depending on when you listen to this, it could already be out. <laughs> it could <laughs> already be out. That's yeah. true. Yeah. That's true. Well, awesome, guys. So thanks so much for jumping on the show, sharing your thoughts and tips on running and how to stay healthy as we're getting out there and getting fit and enjoying the sunshine because we also, you know, there's a benefit of getting out there, right? Vitamin D. Absolutely. Yeah. We definitely, with the sun being out more, like obviously you want to make sure that we're getting out there and naturally producing that vitamin D within our bodies, um, especially coming off from you know, a whole bunch of rain. June is this, this month has been a lot rainier than I would have expected. January, um, but June gloom. It, it June doesn't, gloom. July 5th is when summer starts in Seattle. <laughs> That's yep. true. Yep. I've been here 22 years. It's every year, it's like July 5th, summer comes. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Exactly. Thanks guys. Until Thank next you. time, stay strong, stay healthy, stay moving and get outside, get running. And if you need some help with those running forms and tips and releases, keep your eyes out for our free running workshop. Come into the internet near you. Talk to you soon, guys. Thanks, Barry. Thanks, Bye. Barry. Thanks.